0: Well, inflation has peaked. Well, it's come down a bit anyway in the United States, a bit more than expected. Let's not get too carried away about it. But the assumption, looking at the markets, is that it won't go back up again. So a lot of excitement. But Fed Speaker's keen to point out, of course, that there's still a way to go. But can we safely assume, perhaps, that there will be no more 75 basis point rate hikes? The market response to all of this has been massive, not just in yields and equities, but in currencies as well. We'll take a look at all of that. A welcome relief, one Fed Speaker said overnight. Uh, It's Friday, the 11th of November 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, are you ready for these numbers? It seems those inflation numbers in America were just what the stock market needed. The Nasdaq up over 7.4% at close this morning. A 5.5% rise in the S&P 500, a 3.7% lift in the Dow. That spread to Europe as well, with the Eurostox 50 closing, obviously, much earlier, up 3.2%. The DAX up 3.5% in the UK, though not so much, just a 1% lift in the FTSE 100. Back in the USA, uh, well, the big rises were in IT. That was up over 8%. Real estate up 7.7%. Consumer discretionary uh, up over 7.5%. Even crypto has bounced back today and uh, picked up against most of those losses from yesterday. Huge moves in bond markets, as you might expect. Ten-year treasury yields down 27 basis points. Two years down 32 basis points, down to a little over 4.3%. Significant moves across Europe, too, for 10 years. Gilt's down 16 basis points. Same for German bunds. In France, down 19. In Italy, down 28 basis points. And a big fall in the US dollar, massive, down 2 point. Three percent on the DXY, it's down 3.6% against the Japanese yen, the pound is up over 3.1%, the Aussie dollar up 2.9%, over 66 US cents now, the euro up 1.8% as well, and oil, well not quite such big moves, but up nonetheless, up half percent for WTI, up 0.9% for Brent, up to almost $93.50, so massive moves across all classes really, and it's David DeGaris again, it's the dream... The dream team, Dave, you and I, once again, uh, joining me from NAV in London. So uh, the inflation rate uh, down more than expected in the US. So the core rate, still 6.3%, which is where it was two months ago, but down from 6.6% in, in September. So, uh-huh. so, I mean, that's good, but is it so good that it warrants the sorts of response that we've seen on the markets this morning?
1: You always wonder, Phil, don't you, when uh – yeah, no one rings the bell on these things, of course. Is that the defining statistic? Will we look back on this as that was the CPI that really turned the market around to acknowledge mm. that the Fed will downshift from the 75s back to something more gradual, you know, at the next meeting as a reckoning. Well, recommend. we're sort of expecting that anyway, weren't we? You know, well, you, well, even I with think that, so, but numbers? you're always looking for confirmation, aren't you? So, um, I mean, if you wanted to be hawkish about this number and say, well, it's not a real sign, you'd say, well, we did have 0.3 on the core, as you said, three months ago, and we're back to 0.3. So, which is the real number, the 0.6 or the
0: 0.3? Yeah, and, you know, it went from 6.5 down to 5.9 in June. Then it rose again with Mm. even more vigour. So, I mean, you can look at two numbers. You can't really call it a trend line, though, can you?
1: No, you can't call it a trend line but um, if the economy had been rip roaring uh, and we, this was the this this was the result you'd say well it just doesn't fit with the reality out there in the real world does it you know and what mm. we're seeing with global disinflation you know we spoke a lot about that yesterday with the chinese ppi and so forth uh, the fact that the china the us economy has slowed this year okay it probably wasn't as weak as you know the uh, flat to negative in the first half of the year but nevertheless has slow we now the housing markets in a world of pain in the US um, so yeah. and the fact that rates are a lot higher now so I, I, I think there is a view that it does. Fit, it does fit that narrative, right? So, and jobless
0: claims actually just adding to all of that. You know, just another example as well. They rose a little more mm. than expected as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, just adds to that. So, so it's it's a believable number then. So that's why there's optimism, perhaps, that it's you know maybe it has peaked.
1: Yeah, and I think when you look through the detail of it, Phil, um, you know, some of those areas where we, we saw that, you know, the quote transitory inflation <laughs> last year are receding mm. now, you know, particularly in, in the auto sector in the US with new and used car prices coming down, signs yep. that medical care uh, services inflation is receding, and even signs perhaps that rent inflation is beginning to ease. And we know that that's happening out there on, on the street in the, in the US right now. It just takes time for that to be reflected in the whole stock of rentals out there in the US as opposed to, you know, new rents being struck you know, as we speak right now.
0: And it's services as well, isn't it? So it's not just goods, Indeed. Uh, you know, which, which is, you know, supply chain driven, it's services as well. So that's another positive sign for sure.
1: I think so. And we, the, the Cleveland Fed does these alternative measures of uh, CPI, similar to the methodology the Reserve Bank uses in Australia. That is, it, it looks at the spread of CPIs to calculate the... Um, trim mean and the weighted uh, and the median CPI, and they they were also back down again, but they were down three three months ago. But nevertheless, I think that the narrative is right there. The signs there, it's encouraging. So, just shows you we wouldn't be looking at a um, what six percent rise in the S and P if we had a point seven or a point eight on the core today. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm sure all those uh, Fed speakers who were lined up were lined up just in case the numbers went the other way. Uh, but they were there to, uh, with, with, you know, well, they must have a sigh of relief for them because they were able to say, well, this is a, you know, this is a good sign, but obviously tempered with the fact that, that you know, still got a way to go. Seems mm, to be the message, doesn't mm. it? So probably a, f- a 50 basis point hike. But Harker, for example, saying, well, we're still expecting an end rate of... Uh, maybe 4.5%, so still a ways to go.
1: Yes, I mean, it's um, it, it's an easy policy argument to put, isn't it, right now, when the economy is, I mean, the unemployment rate's as low as it is in the US. It's easy to say well, we've got more work to do, and indeed they yeah. don't want to have to sort of signal signal that they're going to pause, not that they're at that point right now, and then have to come back, you know, six months down the track. So, I think, you know, definitely the signs there, uh, reading what, what Harker said, you know, he's talking about 50 basis points are still being significant. We had um, uh, Logan saying that um, it was a welcome relief, the October CPI um, mm. daily, even saying that, you know, Fed discussion now is all about stepping down. Uh, Mester saying the October C- CPI suggests some easing in inflation, so... Seems to be a bit of a theme. So if if they're suggesting that sign of less inflationary pressure, then the market's sort of right to be thinking at 50, and certainly that's the way the market shifted today. You mentioned the big drop in two-year yield, so the market's now pricing in uh, just over 50 basis points for uh, the December 14 meeting when it was close to 60, uh, only 24 hours ago.
0: Well, you can understand those movement in bond yields. What What is the surprise is such big moves in, in currencies. So, obviously, quite a few short positions that indeed. were being taken. So, that could bounce back again, couldn't it? A little well, bit it bounce. could
1: do if, if risk sentiment, which which, uh, which can change very quickly indeed, as we've seen today. Yeah. But it just shows you um, uh, probably, you know, that the market positioning. And uh, you know, the big, big changes that we've seen in currencies today. So, the Aussie just all those currencies felt just knee jerk reaction as soon as the CPI hit the screens, yeah, it was off to the races straight away. And um, the DXY just uh, fell like a rock. Yeah, Aussie put on what one and a half to two cents, and it's similar for the other currency pairs as well.
0: So, uh, while well, they might be turning it down just a tad, uh, Europe might be turning it up. So, Pierre Wunsch. From the uh, belgian central bank said uh if the economic slowdown is shallow and inflation continues to rise then the ecb will have to go further than the market consensus of three percent uh which uh you know i mean all that seems a bit obvious but he's that but he's actually saying he thinks that's actually what's going to happen you know that fiscal support from uh, from governments mm. is going to ensure that mm. the recession isn't very deep Uh, So therefore, yes, perhaps the ECB is going to have to turn it up more as a result. And I mean, there's been a fair bit more Mm. hawkish talk from the ECB lately, hasn't there?
1: There has. It's an interesting point you raised there, Phil, about uh, fiscal policy in in the eurozone. You know, we've seen Germany wheel out more stimulus and other countries have as well. It's not something that the ECB is directly referred to, but they have been of one voice in suggesting that, the downturn is likely to be shallow. At least that's what their view is. So maybe there's a sense that that sort of view is embodied in that, but certainly sounding very hawkish. uh, You mentioned Wunsch and you've had um, Schnabel uh, who's uh, saying that um, the ECB needs to raise rates, you know, into restrictive territory. There's no time for the ECB to pause. So uh, they seem to be of one mind. I think there are different views within the ECB as to... How much further they have to raise rates, but um, they're not in—they're they're not even in neutral—not not, not neutral yet. They probably will be there uh, come the December meeting, but more rises here, uh, in, into next year, I think, is. Uh, is realistic at this point, Phil. Yeah,
0: well, we get the final inflation numbers for October for Germany today. Uh, now, you know, final numbers. So what the provisional number was 10.4%, but maybe we should be watching it because these numbers have been revised up a bit lately, haven't they? So that number's out today. Uh, also, the uh, you know, talking about softening economies and uh, does that mean central banks need to do less? So we get the UK GDP for the, the three-month average to September which is expected yes. to fall. We also get their balance of trade and construction outpe- uh, output. So I suspect a uh, trifecta of gloomy
1: news for the UK, quite possibly. So what well, I, what does that mean for I, the Bank I, of England? I think, yeah, well, I think that's what the market expects. And I think, indeed, that's probably what the Bank of England expects. Mm. But they also expect that and they're seeing that they're still concerned about inflationary expectations. In fact, the labour market is so tight and still producing some Residual pressure there, uh, but nevertheless, the market does expect these GDP numbers to be soft. So, what forecasting a, a half a percent fall in the September quarter uh, and a slightly larger fall month on month? I think down point four after the minus point three in uh, in August. But I think for markets, Phil, the big event, of course, is next Thursday with the autumn statement. Yeah. So yeah uh you know they've been uh, suggesting that looking at budget savings in the region of what 50 to 60 billions it seems only yesterday they're talking about 30 billion maybe 30 to 40 so um that's what the market is expecting so it'll be interesting to see what the interest rate reaction to that wow. is because right now
0: yeah i mean it, you'd
1: expect it to be lower right well you'd be well look if if the ecb
0: is saying that fiscal stimulus from governments is uh, is is boosting uh, is, is reducing the risk of a, a big downturn mm. therefore they have to go harder uh, then mm. wouldn't you say the same thing that it, but the other way around that if here's a government that is possibly going to be doing the other thing and making things worse and slowing Indeed. the economy down even more does that mean the bank of england needs to needs to do less perhaps and then Indeed. if they're getting all this gloomy news on the other side you know and we're seeing that slowdown. well hey look what happened in the united states a slowdown and then inflation comes down is that going to be next in the uk
1: yeah well i think um I mean our view is the the Bank of England will probably do another half percent and then pause but if if we do get a tightening you know up to the upper end of those expectations, mm. you know like fifty to sixty billion that's around two and a half percent of GDP so it's a significant tightening in an economy that's already yeah arguably in recession. And having the screws
0: know. turned at both ends. I mean, you can't have the, uh, the the Bank of England making life harder for everybody while the government's doing exactly the same thing. I mean, something's got to break if you do that, haven't you? Look, uh, let's have a look in in China, because this is a worrying number. Yuan loans, new Yuan loans, down from 2.5 trillion Yuan in September mm. down to mm. 615 billion 2.5 trillion to 615 billion in October that's a, lot. a big fall isn't it so that demonstrates there's not much confidence in the Chinese economy right now and a lot of this was lending to households that's fallen
1: yes well I went back and looked at the the month-to-month changes in these things over time over past years there is a lot of sort of usual se- seasonal patterns in these things but nevertheless it was it was a large fall I think there's something to the view too Phil that some of the local government officials, you know, were involved in some of this lending. Uh, you know, were involved also in the in the, in the party congress. So maybe doing two, <laughs> two jobs. So had to leave had to leave the lending booth and go to the political booth wow. while the party congress was on. So we won't know the answer to that till till next month. But as we know from uh, in other parts of the world. Yeah, You know, you can reduce rates, but you can't force people to borrow, particularly with the property market like it is in China right now. Yeah, yeah. And... Um- Covid policy still not being resolved there. No, it's still doing. Although I think it is changing. I think it is changing. Well,
0: I mean the uh, yeah, I mean they they're starting to be a bit more targeted, aren't they? So uh, you know, like the indeed, Yang... that's
1: that 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 was the comment I picked up on today, urging you know more targeted controls.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So not locked down the whole of Jiang Guangzhou. They've just a number of districts, not the whole city. So, but they're still and, you know, and, le-
1: and less time too. I yeah, think. yeah,
0: exactly. But still doing those lockdowns. So uh, we'll 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 see how it works out. By the way, Joe Biden and President Xi are meeting in Bali in person on Monday, mm-hmm. trying to figure out the rules of the road. Uh, you know, that's the official line of why they're meeting. So, who knows? Maybe a bit of easing tensions. Maybe they could supply vaccines. That would be a good outcome as well if they if if they did that. But uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of interest to see how that uh, how that shakes out.
1: In, indeed, I was just thinking of the sort of topics when you think about them. There's not many that won't be difficult conversations, are there?
0: No. Yeah, no, no, not at all. But you know, at least they're
1: talking. I guess that's uh, the talking is always a good thing. Yeah, you know, chips, Ukraine war, Taiwan, yeah, trade issues. Anyway,
0: yeah, you take our vaccines. Climate change. Exactly. Stop polluting. Stop. Uh, stop buying stuff from Russia, take our vaccine, start selling stuff again. Uh, happy days. Mm,
1: mm. Uh, have, a, have a good day.
0: <laughs> that's it. Now let's go and have lunch. So, uh, what else is coming up? Uh, well, we get uh, early Saturday morning Australia time, we get the, uh, the Michigan Consumer Sentiment reading, including the inflation expectations. Uh, but, you know, we've had the real number, haven't we, anyway, with inflation, so perhaps that's less concerning. Uh, and uh, just quickly before we go, what do you reckon about Donald Trump then? We, we're going to find out next week mm. if he's going to stand or not, it seems like the people he endorsed did worse than those Republicans he didn't endorse. So I think it's looking more and more like uh, DeSantis is going to be the next Republican presidential hopeful. But, I mean, never Mm. underestimate the ego of Donald Trump. But that's going to be an interesting story. I don't know whether it's got any market reaction, but it's going to be an interesting story to watch next week nonetheless.
1: Indeed. I just don't know whether he's going to play his hand. I mean, he's good at... um you know, just putting it off a little while longer while he repositions himself. But you're right, he's got a real... He's got a real competitor there in DeSantis, yeah for sure. Yeah,
0: well he said he's got an important announcement next week. He's gonna to have to dream up some. If, if he was intending to It'd, do it, it he's gonna retract. He's gonna to have
1: to it will be important because he's making the that, film. <laughs> that's
0: right, because he is the greatest. All right, we'll catch you again next week. Good to talk to you sometime soon anyway. I'm not sure if you're on next week, but we'll catch you soon anyway. Thanks, Dave. Good on you, Phil. Cheers. If he does get back in, that is years more material for this podcast, that's for sure. That's it for today. Thanks for joining us this week. Back again on Monday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Have a great weekend when you get around to it. Thanks for listening.